All right, thank you guys. That was great, great worship too, by the way. That was amazing. Good job. Whoever picked those songs out, good job. I know the song leader. <laughs> Both of them, yeah. I'm partial. I'm partial to our worship. That's good stuff, right? Amen. It's good. I think we have the best worship around. Not that we're comparing. It's not good to compare, but I do. I really like our worship. I go to a different church, and Jenny will say, how'd you like it? I liked it. What was wrong? Nothing was wrong. just wasn't our worship. I like our worship. I like to engage. Hey, God's doing some really cool things, and uh, we just want you to be jump in, be a part. So we'll roll out some small group rallies in the early fall, late summer. We got some things where we just want you to get plugged in. If you're not, like if Sunday's your, your deal, that's good. Great place to start. But you also need to plug into some other things, some small groups, some family nights, some, some different stuff. We're going to do a barbecue, I think, on Labor Day. Uh, we're looking at some, some barbecue places. And so the place I had picked out closed down. Uh, so, man, the restaurant's really taking a battle during the COVID. So pray for them. And uh, I'm ready for COVID to be over. Amen? All the variants and all the viruses and all the junk, I'm just ready for it to be gone in Jesus' name. So we're, we're in the carry-on. I have a friend who did some work for us at the downtown building. We're still working on it. So, uh, And he was enlarging the platform for us, and he had that song playing when I walked in. Carry on, my wayward son, you were lost and you were done. Um, uh, can, the group Kansas, and he had it on a loop because he knew I was coming down there. I thought that was really cool. He, he got the message. Nothing else, he got the song. The song itself can be a message. Are you with me today? Come on, everybody line up. Just shout amen or something. Amen. Go, pastor. Go, pastor. Go, pastor. <laughs> You're still very weak, but that's okay. Well, we'll uh, we have. <laughs> Go, Jesus, right? All right. Go, Jesus. <laughs> you just, all right. We're cut it at that. All right, so carry on. Message by Paul in Second Timothy on how he uses different people or prototypes. He uses a good soldier on how to live for God and be a warrior. He uses an athlete on how to prepare for God and be someone who to walk in that realm. And then today he uses a farmer. And I'm partial to farmers. Having grown up in the Midwest, although Janie and I grew up in the city, there's farmland all around. As far as the eye can see, uh, if you've traveled through the Midwest, if you start in Illinois or Indiana, you go through Missouri, Iowa, uh, North or South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, you see farmland forever. Uh, we drive back to Omaha an awful lot. It's about a 17 driving hours, okay? Uh, and if you get past the first six, are real pretty. You go through Asheville, you go through Knoxville, you hit into Nashville, come out of Nashville, head up towards Paducah, and you're just seeing farmland. I mean, it's, Janie will say, what state are we in now? I said, it doesn't matter. There's corn and soybean. There's corn and soybean. There's corn and soybean. And there's going to be corn and soybean for about 10 hours. And so it doesn't matter what state. It's just a lot of corn and soybean. But I thank God uh, for our farmers. I thank God for uh, farmers in general. Some of the smartest people I know are farmers. It's a uh, and it's, it's simple logic. I think we're going to sing a song at the end called, uh, it's not called, it's uh, amen, but it, in, the, in the terminology, it says simple gospel. And, and I think that's what today's message is. Today's message is very simple. I'm a very systematic, organized person. Like, I generally will never go to bed until I know what I'm wearing the next day. Now, some of you think that's just weird, but <laughs> especially Janie, uh, but I sleep well at night for the most part, too. And I think one of those things is I just, I've got at least the first part of my plan. I make my bed. Janie helps. We make our bed together. And I know what I'm wearing, at least to, you know, when I get up. Now, it could change. I may have somewhere to go. And you, again, you think that's crazy, but that's part of my system. Today's message is systematic. So it's a message that I flow really well with because it's just, it's very simple. It's a, and the gospel is simple. The gospel is not created to confuse you, okay? The gospel is created to free you. 
Now, get that, get that, because I think sometimes we use it in a derogatory way, like, I'm going to get that person, I'm going to throw the word of God at them. The gospel should be freeing. Now, there's things we need to do when we receive the good news. You have to act upon it, right? But so today's message is for really systematic people that want to be free in Christ, but also know that they're part of a kingdom, that they have to be Christ followers. And so 2 Timothy, the second chapter, 6 through 10, it is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops, Paul says. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That's really good to know, by the way. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. And he calls his letters the gospel, which I like. And we're going to talk about the free gospel, Galatians, in a few weeks. For which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Let's go back to verse 9 really quickly. But the word of God is not bound, exclamation point. You need to grab that today if you're, if you're wondering about the word of God. It is not bound. We bind ourselves sometimes. We restrict ourselves sometimes. We put a ceiling on us sometimes. We put boundaries on us sometimes. But the word of God is not bound. Amen? It's, it's not restrictive. We can speak it. We can preach it. We can love it. We can, we can use it, and, but it's, it is not bound. You should not be, uh, you should not bound or put a leash on the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for truth today. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, that your gospel is freeing for all of us. Uh, Lord, now let it penetrate our heart, that we can act upon it. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. Uh, farmers is what uh, Paul uses here. Again, earlier in the chapter, we studied it two weeks ago, he used go, good soldiers. Uh, last week, we talked about athletes. The Olympics are coming up. Uh, baseball team going to Russia. Different things taking place. Uh, NBA championships. Uh, Major League Baseball. All-star break. Football starts uh, this month. A lot of great things taking place. A lot of athletes. Farmers. We maybe uh, underappreciated group, uh, especially in America. Okay, uh, some of which maybe have been taken over by corporate America. And when we were uh, going to high school together, my wife and I, they had. Uh, groups called uh, Future Farmers of America. I don't know if those groups even exist anymore. It's kind of a, a long uh, a lost art anymore, uh, and you need, you know, combines. Uh, talked to a friend back in Iowa, uh, and uh, had just bought a new combine, and it ran on the other side of $300,000. It's just these, the, the equipment is incredible, okay? Uh, and yet you can, there's such, there's such good spiritual implications in that farmer that Paul talks about, and I want to, I want to, I want to reach into that for a moment. So there's a couple things here that farmers do. The first one is a farmer labors, Paul says. He's a, uh, he, he he works, okay, and, and that's a that's a good thing. As somebody turn to somebody and say, "You should work. You should work." Uh, it, that's important. It's important in our system of entitlement that we don't think that everything is owed to us, but that we should work for it, okay? It's important that we work for things, that we labor, and it's important that we, we look at those type of things and wonder, uh, and I would add to that even that we labor by faith and we labor by prayer. That's important as well. Uh, if we don't labor by faith, then we have nothing. If we don't labor by prayer, and if we take the farmer, as Paul is suggesting here, and look at what the farmer does and how he labors, and I would say in today's age, he or she, uh, when you farm, it's kind of a family type thing. And again, we grew up in the city, but when we pastored in Iowa, we pastored in a farm town, and Janie and I had seven acres outside of town, and I had joked when we first bought the acres, it was a little bit run down that farmers don't go to bed at night. They just pass out. We would work uh, early in the morning till late at night trying to get that thing back in order, the house and the, the land and di different stuff. And then we bought horses. And when you buy horses, then you got a, a fence in. So we fenced in, I think, maybe three or four acres. And that was weekends after weekends of work and just so on and so forth. There, there's labor there. But it's good labor and it's systematic labor because the farmer pretty much 
knows what season he or she is in. In the springtime, they're going to take that desolate soil and they're going to plow it up. And this is what we do during worship. You look at yourself or your life as being soil filled. And then Janie and Andrew and the team are up here leading us into worship. They're plowing the ground, okay? They're, they're making because uh, if you've been to the Midwest, the soil looks different there than it does here. Here it's kind of red, it's kind of clay-bound because of the mountains. It might even be kind of rocky, and there might be some places where it's a little dark. There it's black. It's just rich and full of nutrients and, and fertilizer, and it's just it's good. And, and I used to think I was a really good yard guy. Like my grass was green, and I would take pride in it, and maybe I was too prideful, and the Lord has to strike me down. And I realized grass here grows differently because the soil so much different. There, you can grow grass almost by accident because the, the, the soil is so rich. And, but in the springtime, they'll plow that up. And this is what we do on Sunday mornings when we worship or you do on your way to work. You throw some worship music on. You're plowing that soil. You're allowing God to work in you. And then after they plow the soil up, they put seed in. And that's what we're doing right now. We're planting seed in you so that you can then do something with it. And there's a growing season. That's the the summertime. And the old adage would be uh, the corn would be knee high by the 4th of July, but really it's about shoulder high. And Janie and I went back a few years ago. We dedicated a building for a dear friend of ours and I had Janie stand by some corn. It was August and that corn was about 14 feet tall. It was way twice than what, almost three times your size. Big, beautiful, dark green, just just unbelievable. So there's a, a growing season, and then there's a harvest, okay? This should be the work of a follower of Christ, where you get plowed, not plowed over like you get ran over, but you allow the Lord to plow parts of you that need to be nurtured. You allow the word, the seed of God, to come into you. You grow in that, and then you become fruitful. The, the verse in the Bible, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, where the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply, has never gone away. That's what God expects us. He expects us to be fruitful and to multiply. And that's not just having a family that's growing the kingdom. Can you say amen? This is important because then it becomes systematic for us in that realm, okay? What season are you in spiritually? Are you in a, a season of being plowed, okay, where the Lord's breaking up some things in your life that maybe he doesn't like, even though maybe you understand it. This is just the way I am or this is the way things are. God's saying, no, let me, let me use this worship time to plow you up a little bit. Let me use this worship time to break up some of the fruit of the, the, the land. And sometimes there'll be rock in there. Sometimes there'll be different pieces of whatever in there that need to come out so that farmer then can plant. But the farmer labors. Proverbs 20 and 4 says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. This is not something that you can uh, con your way around. Well, I, could you imagine the farmer saying to his wife, yeah, I, I, farm, I went ahead and got those 400 acres. They're plowed, it's seeded, we're ready to go. And then come harvest time, there's nothing growing there. And the missus says, what in the world were you doing? Well, I, I, I kind of lied. So you can't, you can't kind of lie, right? It's a deal where we, we have to know that there, that if I'm a, I'm a sluggard, I'm lazy, I'm slothful, I'm, I'm not getting it done, that when we stand before the king, there's some spiritual things that we have to answer for as well. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And there's the same thing here. If if I'm waiting because I know that I'm doing the things that God's called me to do, I'm, I'm allowing worship to, to break me up, okay? I'm, I'm in the presence of God. God, I love to worship you. I'm so, I'm so enamored by who you are. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and says, you know, you got some areas that you need to work on. And I get in his word and I start to get that seed growing in me. Then I become a fruitful Christ follower. I don't have to defend. I don't have to put off. I don't have to... Uh, shun away, I can say, okay, God, here, here I am. So it's, it's important for the farmer to labor. It's even more important for the Christ follower to labor, but also in faith and prayer. In faith and prayer. 
See, when we walk in faith, and farmers, uh, may, you may or may not know this, but there are the people in the community that we farm, that we pastored in, a community of 5,000 that were borrowing at the bank a million dollars a year to plant seed, relying strictly on God to give rain and sun. Now, that takes a lot of faith, Amen. That takes an awful lot of it. Then they'd pay it back in the fall, and then the next year they'd go to the bank and, and they'd borrow it again, and they, it became a continual cycle. And then, of course, there's prayer. And if you're a Christ follower and you believe in prayer, that's communication with God. It's important to pray, and it's important to pray not only for things that we need, it's just it's important to pray for the harvest because God says, Jesus said that the, the harvest is white and plenteous, but we should pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to bring in labors, not not even to bring in the harvest, but to bring in laborers for the harvest. So when we pastored in Iowa, a small town called Shenandoah, southwest Iowa, wonderful people, beautiful people. Many of them were either farmers or related to the farm community in some way, shape, or form. They were in a three-year drought when we got there. And we pray for the schools every year. We pray for students and teachers. We've always done that in some capacity. And so we prayed for the schools that first year, sent teams out. We had a lot of teachers in church, prayed over the students. And then the next spring, uh, they were starting year four of a drought. And Janie said, I think we should pray for the farmers and the farmland. And I'm thinking, you know, on a Sunday morning, we, we, if you're a farmer, stand up. And she said, no, we should do like we did the schools. We should go to their property and anoint it with oil. And so we did. And there were probably, I don't know, 9 or 10 or 12 uh, farmers in our church that said, yeah, would you come out and pray for our property? So we went out and prayed for the property. We'd stand on the corner and we'd just dump some oil on it. And we'd pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you break this drought? Would you give them a good harvest? And, and we prayed by faith because that's what you do when you labor. You pray by faith. And so the, that next year, that, the drought broke and uh, the corn went from $3 a bushel to $7 a bushel and all the farmers were happy in the church. Happy farmers, happy church, happy church, happy pastor. If you know what I mean. Happy harvest, go get them. And, and uh, it was amazing. The drought had broken. And in Iowa, uh, there's 99 counties, and the University of Iowa State tests the soil in every county every year. And this one particular year uh, that we prayed for the, the, the farmland, they tested one man's soil. His nephew, a good friend of ours, went to uh, our church, and he said, Pastor, remember praying for my uncle's property? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, uh, he was one of the tested soils this year at Iowa State. I said, yeah, he said, his soil tested better than anybody's soil in all of Iowa, and it's never happened before. This is considered the richest stuff. Well, that, that comes from prayer and faith. Let me tell you, when you operate in the kingdom way, and you operate, uh, you labor, that's what I mean by operate, you labor or operate in the kingdom way, you do it by prayer and faith, God will make you productive. God will make you to where you all, all of a sudden become something that he can count on because it, it just came to a spirit-led idea by my wife, let's go pray for the farmland. If you have a business, walk around your business, anoint that business with oil and pray for your business. If you have a, a classroom, pray for your classroom. If you have a, a, a sports team, pray for that sports team. Whatever you have, if you'll put prayer to that, and I would add, if you've never anointed with oil, anoint it with oil. We put a mazoo above our, our house. Our house. We, we put stakes in our ground where we're, wherever we take up residence. And we, we put Deuteronomy uh, 6 and 4 on there. This is the Lord's doing. God is Lord of this place. And, and I mean business when we do that. We pray for it. And we ask God to bless it. And God does. And so hear me when I say this is not like some uh, fictitious thing. I'm trying to give you a principle today that when you labor, that's good. When you labor by faith and prayer, that's great. Great. And God can use that, and he will, okay? So the second thing is then they produce a crop. But you have to know that producing a crop takes time. 
All right, you, you first plant the seed. In fact, let's, let's read for a second out of Mark 4 and 28. Then we'll go back to that. The Lord produ- the earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And then the uh, Bible says, and then the fruit. So let's go back. They produce a crop, but it takes time. And then someone will ask me different times, hey, is it okay if I give my tithe uh, to a missionary? Or if I give my tithe uh, to that great evangelism preacher that I like on TV all the time, and I can watch them, and then if I have to pause, I can pause. And I would say, no, it's not, right? You should bring your tithe to the local storehouse. Now, I'll give you a reason why. If uh, Marvin owned uh, 40 acres over here, and I owned 40 acres over here, and I planted my seed in mine, and I decided I'm just going to go ahead and throw some seed in his, when he harvests his 40 acres, who's going to get the harvest? Marvin is. I don't go over there and say, wait, Marvin, I threw some seed in your harvest. You, you, need to, you need to plant the crops where you're going to get the harvest at. Does that make sense to you? And, and so, because those questions are usually asked, and this is not a message on giving, although it's the most tangible principle uh, of, of seed time and harvest is a giving, because that's something that we can give. We say to people sometimes, I'm going to pray for you, and we do. We say to, to people sometimes, hey, I'm going to lift up your need in prayer and we do, but when we say, hey, I'm going to bring an offering or a tithe to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now here, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, Malachi 3.10, then we understand that the seed goes with the house along with the same blessing from that house, okay? So if there's any confusion in our midst or those people watching online, if you have a local storehouse, give. If this is your local storehouse, give. It's not, again, about giving. It's about producing. And when we understand that the seed then turns out, first first it's the seed, then it's the blade, then it's the grain, then it's the full grain, or it's the fruit. When you uh, farm farmland, if my uh, information is correct from memory, they plant about 6.7 inches apart. Uh, uh, the corn, uh, one kernel, and they do that because if it's too close, one stock will smother the other one. If it's too far, uh, one stock will produce two ears, but the two ears of corn will produce less than one ear. 6.7, scientifically, the one, the one seed, the one grain, grows a stock that produces ear, an ear of corn that has on average 934 kernels on that ear of corn. Corn. That's one seed. Now think about that for a second. If I told you today, hey, everything that you give in the offering today, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars, is going to have three zeros added to it, you all run to the ATM right now. Like, I'm going to empty that thing because if I give 10,000 today, I get three zeros on that. What is that? 10 million. No, it's 10 million, right? Is it 10 million? No, it wouldn't be 100,000, million, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million. Think about that for a second. Pastor said, if I give this morning, I get three zeros. I'm not really saying that, but if you want to think that and give it, go ahead. But I am saying, if that was your thought process, to, but to produce a crop does take some time. And so when the, when the uh, farmer puts the seed in the ground, he doesn't run out the next day expecting the harvest. He goes out and looks, and he nurtures that field, and then a, and the crop starts to produce. The crop starts to grow up, and as that crop starts to grow up, we have a vegetable garden at our house, and it's in little planters. I go out and look at that thing. We have three tomatoes on our vine. I'm super excited. Seriously, I'm super excited. Uh, Marcus and Charity bought Janie a strawberry plant for uh, uh, Mother's Day. And so we planted it in a little pot that actually we cut the bottom out so it can go into the ground. And uh, we go out there and we check the strawberries. And uh, not too long ago, Janie was watching Sayla and, and Judah. And Sayla went out there and plucked a strawberry and ate the thing. She ate the fruit, but not the seed. It's still in the ground. Hear me when I say, if you, if you want something tangible, like we grow uh, sage, 
for our Thanksgiving stuffing. We grow mint for uh, another thing. We grow, we grow tomatoes because I don't even like tomatoes. They're just kind of cool. You can see them growing, and we pluck them, and then Janie puts them in a salad. I, don't, I, I really don't like tomatoes at all, but I like to see the stuff grow, and it shows up with a blossom. When we have this mentality, not, forget giving for a second, just as laborers in Christ, and you pour into somebody a good word, an encouraging word, a nice thought, a good deed. And all of a sudden, you're, you're throwing into them different things. And, and they're, 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 they're just building themselves up. And things are happening. And all of a sudden, you start to see fruit come from somebody that maybe the world beat up. Okay? And the world will beat you up if you allow it to. In fact, if you're not a strong person, the world will just kick you down. But if someone's pouring into you and saying, you can do it, it's going to be okay, we're going to build you up, things are going to happen, all of a sudden, it starts to, it's, you, start to build, you start to feel good. I have a good friend named Bruce that lives back in the Midwest and, and uh, a farmer, whole family farms. And, and uh, we were driving through the country one time and a hailstorm had just hit and it hit horrible, and all the corn that was standing tall, probably five or six feet tall, it was laid on its side. And I said, Bruce, is the, is the, is the, the field gone? I mean, it, what's that farmer going to do? Do have crop insurance or hail insurance? He's, oh, yeah, Pastor Mark, they do, but it's not going to, that, that corn's fine. And I'm like, it's laying down. There's no way that corn is fine. And he said, yeah. He said, the only thing has to happen is the sun has to shine upon it. Once the sun shines upon it, that thing will stand right back up. But you know, my thinking exactly was spiritual. When the world beats you down, all you have to do is let the sun, S-O-N, shine upon your situation, and it will cause you to rise right back up. That's an important spiritual scenario if you allow it to happen. Because life will kick you down. And then just like Jacob, he said the, the corn will have a little bit of a, just a nick in it, and it will, it'll bend over, and then it'll come right back up. Jacob walked with a limp because he, he, he came into contact with the Lord. Uh, um, Paul had uh, three times prayed against the thorn in his flesh, whether it's figurative or literal, and, uh, and he still had that, okay? Jesus still had the, the markings of where the nails were and the stripes were on his back. And so it doesn't mean that sometimes you won't have just a little bit of a, a limp, a spiritual limp as you go, but maybe that'll be part of the, the testimony, although twice in scriptures at least the Bible says that he'll make you, even your crooked paths straight. And so when you feel Feel like life is beating you down, just like that hailstorm back in Iowa. Allow the sun, the S-O-N, to shine upon you and to know that you are a good laborer of his and he will cause you to rise back up to the top. And number three, then, there should be a harvest. This is something that the farmers expect. They, the God expects a harvest from his church. God expects a harvest from his people. We should expect a harvest when we give or when we labor, when we work, when we praise, when we worship, when we honor, when we read his word, when we do the things that God tells us to do in his scriptures. I am a simple faith person. In other words, my faith is deep, but it's very simple. God said it, I believe it, that's so. That's how I operate. If God said it, maybe it's because I'm the youngest of eight, and they all would say, well, mama said, that's how you got to do it. And we, we wouldn't have a lot of conversation in our house if mama or if mom or dad said it. We just did it. And in our house growing up, we didn't have much conversation. Now I understand it's important that you explain those things to your, you know, three-year-old or, or four-year-old or whatever. And that, uh, that's good parenting. I'm not saying it's not. But what happens to me, because mama said it, is when I translated that into my father, God said it, that's good enough for me. He don't have to explain himself to me. I just take it and run with it. And that produces a harvest, okay? And Janie and I have been blessed throughout our whole life because we have simply stood on what I would say simple faith. Does God say it? Then I don't have to back it up. He does. 
If one of our kids were sick and they needed healing, and trust me, they did, a couple of them miraculously, we said, Father God, you said it. We're laborers in your field. Now we're expecting a harvest of healing in Jesus' name. And God would do it. Now, it's not anything magical. It's just simply standing upon his word. But listen what Deuteronomy 28 and 8 says. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns, on everything you put your hand to do. The Lord your God will bless you in the land. So when we recognize, okay, I'm, I'm systematic. All right, I'm going to plant. I'm going I'm to sow. I'm going to get the harvest. I'm going to understand what God has. It's like a baseball player who never takes batting practice. It's like a baseball player who never takes pitching practice. It's like a baseball player who never does anything, and now they're going to go to the plate or they're going to go to the mound and say, I'm ready to go. No, you're not. You've not put the time in. You've not put the hours in. It's a runner who says, I'm going to run a marathon, uh, but never, ever goes out to run, shows up on race day, and after about a half a mile or, or a mile, that, that guy's sucking wind pretty hard because he, hasn't, he or she hasn't prepared for it. When you do things in life that you're prepared to do, God's blessings will follow. But if you don't, don't expect the blessing to take place. That's simple faith. That's very simple faith. We want the world. We want everything at our disposal. We want what somebody else uh, doesn't have. Billionaires are now going into space. Isn't that cool? Great. They earned it. Let them do it. But that doesn't help me at all. I don't want to be a billionaire that flies into space. I want to be the guy God called me to do, and if it's knocking on doors, inviting somebody, helping somebody, taking dinner to somebody, or just being a, a kind person that smiles and waves at somebody, that's what I want to be because those are world changers right there. You're a world changer. The world changers, and the, but the world changer says there is a harvest. The farmer doesn't plant the seed not expecting a harvest. You shouldn't do anything for the kingdom if you don't expect a result. It's the result, we, we, I, I believe in results-based education. No child left behind, I think, has harmed America. We dummied up the classroom. There are some students that are just smarter than others. Let them flourish. I know, that's, that, maybe that's wrong. You shouldn't, Pastor, what do you? In Christ, don't get mad at someone who knows how to pray who knows how to worship, who knows how to praise, who knows how to work through things in life and say that they were born with a golden spoon in their mouth because you haven't seen the nights they lie awake in bed all night praying that you'd have a breakthrough. Praying that your person would be healed. Praying that those things would take place. That's the harvest that they counted on. Janie said it here a couple weeks ago on how we talked about storing things up. There's, there's a bank account in heaven. It's a spiritual bank account. You store up grace. You store up mercy. You store up faith. You store up prayers. God, I need you to do this right here and right now. And God will. Why? Because you're, you're expecting a harvest. You're calling God out for a harvest. You're asking for that, that seed to come to fruition. That seed is, is something then that the Lord uses. Come on back, worship team. Let me uh, just close it up in, the, in this realm. It's all about the seed. Nothing happens until the seed uh, gets planted, and then as it gets planted, the ground has to be uh, plowed or furloughed. So let me say it this way. We, my friend, same friend, Bruce, plowed up some, some area. He pushed some dirt. He had a big mountain of dirt, and then he, he, uh, he left the dirt there for a while, and Janie and I would drive by. A place that we went and worked out was 25 miles outside of town, and so it was, we had to drive by his house back and forth a couple days a week, and so when we, uh, after about two or three weeks, we noticed little weeds and grass and different stuff uh, coming up out of, the, out of the dirt. And so I gave him a call. I said, hey, what's going on? That, that dirt was nice and rich and black and fertile and everything. He said, oh, Pastor Mark, he said, that seed has always been in that ground. Might have been in that ground for 100 years. It just needed to be stirred. Now hear me on that because that's a real spiritual metaphor right there. You have a seed of greatness in you that sometimes just needs to be stirred. You have things in your life that God has planted there from the moment of birth. 
and they just have to be stirred. And if we don't stir that seed ourselves, if we don't get that thing going, then all we have to do is we answer for it as God's saying, hey, why, I gave this to you. Why didn't you do anything with it? We become the lazy plow person who doesn't plow. We become the sluggard or the slothful. We become the person who starts talking about what everybody else has, not what we have because we're not willing to do the work as a family member in building relationships or in our finances or in our spirituality. Why does somebody else know the scripture so well and I don't? Why does somebody else believe so strongly and I don't? Why does somebody else walk in so much faith and I don't? Because you've not stirred that seed. If you'll stir that seed, God, God is faithful. He wants to see a harvest come from you. He wants to see it produce. I did the math one day on an apple. If you cut an apple in half and pull the seeds out, you plant those seeds, and you never eat the apples, but you keep replanting seeds, one apple can produce up to 4.2 million bushels of seeds. And a bushel is 60 apples, so 24 million 24 million apples can come from one apple seed. Don't tell me that God doesn't know the harvest. Not only that, he wants the harvest in you. He wants it physically, spiritually, financially, mentally, emotionally, and relationally. He wants to bless you with the harvest so that he gets all the glory, honor, and praise. Stand with me this morning right where you're at. And maybe you're here and that seed needs to be stirred in you. Maybe you're just, you're walking around wondering why you exist. Why haven't things worked out? You need to stir the seed. You need to plant. You need to water. You need to allow the Lord give the increase. You need to, you need to Lord, let the Lord grow up those things that he's planted in you. But the produce, the harvest, it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes things take years. The Japanese bamboo tree, you plant it in the ground, and the first four years, there is no visible sign that anything's growing. In the fifth year, it grows 90 feet all one year. Some of you might be just that same way. God's planted something in you, but you've been faithful. You've been true. God knows it. God sees it. He's, he's been watching you. And all of a sudden, one year, he just smiles upon you, and things take off. And everybody says, man, you're just overnight. And you're like, no, I've been, you've been doing everything that God's called you to do. I want to pray for you today. So just bow your head and close your eyes for a second. We're going to sing one more really good song that I want you just to grab a hold of. But if you have a stirring in your heart, if you've planted, I want you not to be weary in well-doing. Paul says, what you sow, you also shall reap. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, today, Lord, if there are people here that need to be stirred, let them be stirred. Stir that seed within them. Lord, if there's people here that haven't planted, let them plant. Lord, and then be patient for the growth. Lord, but there's people here that are part of the harvest. Lord, let, the, let them reap a harvest. Let them, those that have sown, let them, the, those that have planted, let those that have, have watered, let those that have, have endured, let those that, Father, Lord, who, who stayed the course, Lord, let them see the harvest that you have for them. Bless Bless them, oh God. Bless them in every area of their life, their time, their talent, their treasures, Lord. Anoint them and be with them, God. Thank you now, Father Lord, for the blessing that you've been to Grace Church and continue to pour out your spirit and blessings upon them. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship together.
Spirit says it, then we say amen, which means we agree, we believe it. It's so simple. It is so simple. If God's Word says it, yes, amen, we agree. I, I said in first service that there would be a time that when I grew up, I, my grandfather was a pastor and my father was a pastor. My grandfather was on the north side. My dad was on the south side. And my grandpa's church had a whole lot more soul than my my dad's church. So I, of course, you probably could tell, like to go to my grandpa's church because if you'd say amen, it's amen, amen, amen. That's all you had to say. And like the church went wild. It was like amen, hallelujah. And it was just like, but they got it because it was so simple to say he could get up and preach and say, God loves you, amen. God died for you, amen. And he'd just go off. And it was just because we believe it. It's so simple. If God's word says to give and it's going to be given back, to watch your blessing come in, amen, here it comes, it's going to happen. It is truly so simple. Salvation is so simple. We make it so hard because we think we got to go through all these steps. I didn't live a good life this week or I had a mistake or I slipped and I fell. God loves you. It didn't change. It didn't change how he feels about you at all. It just depends on if you got back up, if you didn't quit, and you said, you know what, it's not over till it's over. I will live for God. I will serve God because he loves me. Amen. It's so simple. Now, this week, the baseball team is playing up at um, App, App State, and it is one of the coolest stadiums if, if you haven't had a chance to go up there. If you want to go have really a good time and just support the guys they really are fun to watch they are so great um, I would encourage you to go up there um, Wednesday they're finishing uh, a game and then they'll do another seven innings if I'm right yes Wednesday App State if you don't know what time I'll try to put it on Instagram because I don't know probably in the evening and then they're going to Russia so how cool is that that we get to be a part and pour in this seed into to them going to Russia. So as you leave, if you could just put something in the bucket that just says, you know what, I support this this great organization, this great team, this amazing coach who is so faithful to the house of God, and um, Marvin is just incredible. So if you would just, you know, help out with whatever you could, write a check, go to the kiosk, whatever you need to do, um, and just put it in the bucket, just put... Um, baseball, Russia, whatever you want to put, and um, let's help them go to Russia and um, be a, plant the seed, plant the seed, because if we give, it'll be given. So if you want some mercy, you give mercy. If you want grace, you give grace. If you want a financial blessing, you give financially, then you get financially back. It's so simple, so simple. so much for every person watching and every person here. I pray you just go with them. You cause your blessings to be upon them. Cause, Lord, every door they walk through to be open that you want them to and the doors that need not be that they shouldn't go. Then you shut that door, Lord, that, that you would just go with them and you would just shield all of us. And, Lord, we would pray for the harvest, Lord, but we would pray for the laborers, Lord, that they would come in because the harvest is ready. But, Lord, we need laborers to help you've called us all to do. We bless you. We love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. Have an awesome week. Be blessed. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select Give. We can't wait to see you next week.